Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. And welcome to another Halloween Horror Month edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. And uh, we are actually, if, if you like to join us live on Wednesdays, I want to go ahead and get this out of the way up top. We will not have a live show next week, but we are recording it this Sunday. And uh, they're asking us in the chat room if we're going to do it live on Sunday. And I, actually, I don't mind doing it live if that's up to you. That's... You know, we'll be doing it at 11 p or uh, 11 a.m. Central Sunday morning. So, I was about to say Nerd Cave Retro after dark. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Nerd Cave Retro <laughs> just waking up is what it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the early bird edition. Yeah. of Nerd Cave. I mean, I'm I'm not against doing it live. Yeah, that's fine by me. I don't mind doing yeah. it. Yeah, if you guys want to watch us live on Sunday morning, yeah. And the reason why we're doing it uh, on Sunday is that I'm going to be out of town next weekend, and I'm leaving uh, Wednesday afternoon. My my girlfriend and I are going out of town for the weekend, so uh, we've got a long drive ahead of us because we're going up to Tennessee. So I'm going to try and leave uh, Wednesday afternoon. That way we're not driving on the interstate all night. So, yeah, you don't have to worry about not having a show next week. We will. Still have a show, and uh, we also are going to be doing uh, this month's um, extra episode for a Patreon, the commentary, which we are going to push back Ma- Mask of the Phantasm, because for some reason, October is getting away from us. <laughs> it's like flying by, so next week we're going to do uh, a couple of um, just short episodes where we're going to do the one episode of the real Ghostbusters that I really like, the one about the San- either the Sandman or... Um, the uh, what, what's his name? The uh, the one in the closet. Um, the oh shoot! It's been forever since I've watched that. Mm. So I, I have no idea. The boogeyman. Yeah, he's like the boogeyman. He lives in the closet. It's one of the scarier episodes. And then we're gonna do an episode of that really weird Pac-Man thing on Netflix. That's a nice way of describing it. Yes, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, we'll uh. We we got some fun stuff, and like you mentioned, the month's just kind of gotten away. Because I just remember the other day, I was like, "Oh crap, I gotta set up the the Evil Dead roundtable mm-hmm. for my show." So I I got uh, you and Mister Steve Wise yes. on the call. So we'll we'll actually um, I'd like to do that live as well. So uh, I think we're gonna plan on seven thirty p.m. Uh, as of right now, but I'll post final details on all the social medias. We'll be discussing 
uh, All Things Evil Dead, uh, as voted on by members of the Derek Diamond Experience Patreon. Yes. So a lot of good stuff to look forward to over the next couple of weeks. Uh, yes, uh, Mixmaster, it'll be this Sunday, the uh, the 18th, we'll be recording that uh, early episode of Nerd Cave Retro. And uh, yes, you guys, don't forget to, uh, we're coming up on episode 200, so get me your recordings. Uh, just a short little, you know, MP3 recording. Just do it on your phone or whatever. Uh, 15 to 30 seconds and send it to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. I'm going to put all those together. Uh, just send us uh, anything you want. Uh, you know, how much you like the show. Uh, some of your favorite moments from the show. Your favorite games. Even if you hate us, send us a, <laughs> send us a voice message and we'll play it. Um, that being said... How has your week been, my friend? It's been very busy. Uh, for those who are watching the video version, you can tell I am uh, on assignment once again. <laughs> we, we had a, a late event uh, here at work, so uh, set up shop here. Uh, the connection, I know last time I did the show here, we had some issues with the Wi-Fi, but uh, my laptop is hardlined into a newer router, so connection seems to be good, so yeah, we've got in. that. Uh, Loud and clear. Sweet. So um, other than that, been really, uh, really busy with work. The cool thing is uh, on Saturday, I'm actually going to be working over in um, Mobile, Alabama, which is kind of like the middle ground between mm -hmm. where I live and you live. Yep. Uh, I'll be there uh, at the University of South Alabama actually working a football game for their uh, ESPN broadcast. So cool. Doing uh I might be running camera. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to be doing yet, but I'll be doing that on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, just really, really busy stuff with uh, with work because we've got some big events we're doing at the end of the month and even in, into November. So that's cool. I'm spending a lot of time here. Mixmaster, if you mention Fester's Quest again in the chat room, I'm going to have uh, Rampage boot you from the server. <laughs> That's actually that was a good thing that we might be able to um, um, throw in there is uh, best rant. Yes, we've had some good rants on the show. Oh, for sure. But for no, sure. I've, I've actually um, been uh, contemplating actually p uh, playing Fester's Quest on stream, and uh, so people can see my rage when I play that stupid game. I'd love it. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Uh, but um, I've been pretty busy. Work's been crazy the last couple of weeks. Um, plus, I've been doing a lot of practicing for Castlevania. This Friday, the 18th, from 8 p.m. Central to 10 p.m. Central, right here on my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash jfunktastic. I will be participating in the RGB High Score Tournament. Um, and for the month of October, it is the original Castlevania for the NES. And I've been practicing my butt off. I've been playing that and Rondo of Blood, which I'm reviewing tonight. So I'm starting to hallucinate Medusa heads flying at me at this point because it's been nothing but Castlevania all day, all night. Well, I'll be, uh, I'll definitely be tuning in, uh, whenever I get the chance. So. I, I thought you did well with uh, with Ninja Gaiden, so look yeah, forward our, to seeing what you're doing with um, Castlevania. Our buddy Nate um, uh, at Retro Gaming Dev did his runs last night, and he ended up with a 29, I think 29.07. So he broke a, a sub 30, and I'm hoping I can get uh, around that same time. So <laughs> we'll see. I'm still struggling with Dracula, so I don't know. We'll we'll see when Friday gets here. We'll all be rooting for you. Well, thank you. And I'm pretty much ready to go into the news. Are you? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Here's a weird story that uh, <laughs> uh, Rampage sent this on the email. I didn't see this coming. This is from GameRant.com. GameStop announces multi-year partnership with Microsoft. Uh, just one month prior to the launch of the Xbox Series X, GameStop has announced a new multi-year partnership with Microsoft. 
The new partnership between GameStop and Microsoft is seen as a strategic move for both companies as they will combine their resources for mutual benefit. Um, the partnership will see GameStop stores integrate Microsoft technology. They'll begin utilizing uh, Microsoft's cloud-based data storage and business application applications. This will assist store associates when it comes to learning customer preferences and will give them real-time information on product availability. They will soon receive new Microsoft Surface tablets that will allow them to move freely within stores, allowing them to assist customers without necessarily having to be at the cash register. Additionally, GameStop associates will also begin using Microsoft 365 and Microsoft Teams as well with the goal of improving customer experience. So what do you think about this? I'm it's kind of a weird partnership, don't you think? Because honestly, I'm surprised GameStop has lasted until now. Don't get me wrong, I've had some good experiences, you know, the last year or so going there, but for the most part, GameStop really isn't relevant anymore, especially coming up in this next generation. You know, I thought GameStop would ultimately be a casualty of the pandemic. That's what I thought. To be too. completely honest, yeah. The the whole thing just you know I, when I was reading it earlier, I was like, this whole thing just seems really. I don't know if random is the right word to describe yeah. it, but like you said, it's a very strange partnership. But it's like, but I, I don't see why? what Microsoft gets out of it. I mean, I, yeah, it seems like games GameStop gets more of an advantage than Microsoft does. Because Microsoft doesn't need GameStop, and it says here that. Um, GameStop will be offering Xbox All Access, which allows customers to get their hands on next-generation consoles like the Series X and S, as well as an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription for a relatively low monthly cost. Can't you just do that from your Xbox itself? I mean, why would you need to go to GameStop to get your Xbox All Access or Game Pass? I don't get it. Yeah, that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, I don't the, know. The, the whole thing, like you said, GameStop would need Microsoft way more than Microsoft would need GameStop. So it, it just it doesn't make any sense to me as to why this partnership is happening. Yeah, it makes it honestly, it makes no sense to me whatsoever because Microsoft. I mean, yeah, they were in a very, they were in what third place this last generation. Like yeah. a very far behind Nintendo and PlayStation, but they're still. Are they in that bad a shape? They need to work with GameStop. That kind of worries me, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know either. I really it's don't just know. Weird. But something that's not weird is this next story I from ReadRetro.com. Icon Heroes bring more details on upcoming Karate Kid action figures. Karate Kid, a martial arts drama film for uh, other kids released in 1984, became a phenomenon. It popularized karate in the USA, spawned sequels in an animated TV series, a remake, and tons upon tons of merchandise, and a very successful Netflix show. Mm -hmm. And now there is more of the latter to come from Icon Heroes. The figures, which are protagonist Daniel LaRusso and his opponent Johnny Lawrence, stand six inches tall they both have 29 points of articulation to show off that famous crane kick well at least for daniel if the movie is to be followed <laughs> three different heads and a pair of hands dressed in their all valley tournament outfits you can relive the showdown which in the end gave one of them the sweet victory or change it to your own ending they are now in production and available for pre-order for 40 dollars each oh, 40 bucks yeah Whoa. i mean they look cool but not forty dollars, cool. Yeah, I don't know if I could drop forty dollars on the on these. Is that each or for both of those? Each. each. Holy crap! No, I mean these are. Cool. I can almost buy a video game for that. Look, even their toes are articulated. I know that's. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it looks really cool. Both of them look really cool. But I can't justify paying forty bucks for. For an action figure. Yeah, and they're only six inches tall. I, I mean, maybe if they were like a 12-inch figure or something, I could see 40 bucks. But no, no thanks. These are cool. I'd love to have them, but man, 80 bucks for both of those? No thanks. No. No, and I, I've gotten much more into, because of Cobra Kai, the whole Karate Kid 
universe and the lore of it, but yeah, not enough to spend that much money on two action figures. I'm excited for the next season, though. I can't wait for it to drop. Oh, I know. I, I'm glad they're releasing it like at the beginning of 2021 because when mm. I saw that first trailer like oh season three coming next year I'm like oh, I hope they don't wait till like the summer but I know <laughs> no it's like January 8th I believe yeah it's coming really soon yeah I can't wait for it if you haven't watched Cobra Kai do yourself a favor and go watch it because both seasons are very good yeah very very good uh this next story is something that uh, I know one of our regular uh listeners and friends of the show Joey Image is going to get into this from NintendoLife.com. Sega's next micro console could be the Dreamcast Mini, but don't expect it too soon. Uh, Yosuke Okinori, uh, the Sega staffer, or Okinari, uh, however you pronounce that, the Sega staffer who has been heavily involved with many of the company's recent retro ventures, including the Sega Ages line and the Mega Drive Mini, has hinted that the company may tackle a, tackle a Dreamcast Mini in the near future. Um... He uh, said, next we're considering concepts similar to the Mega Drive Genesis Mini. If I had to name some ideas, something like an SG-1000 Mini or a Dreamcast Mini. Uh, he states that they won't be able to complete the next mini console project due to its scope by this time next year. Or in other words, two years after the Mega Drive Mini was released. Uh, because of the high cost and time necessary to develop, um, Sega is going with the one that has the most realistic potential for success in the global market. Which you know, it'd be cool to see the SG One Thousand Mini because that that was like the very first um, Sega console. Which I don't even know if we got those in America. I'm not. We may have. I don't even remember if we got those or not. But the Dreamcast, that's a home run, right there. I know so many people. That would go for that because the Dreamcast is one of those mythical uh, consoles that everybody loved but nobody had. <laughs> yeah, I think if you want the masses to get the next mini, it has to be the Dreamcast because, like you said, it it never achieved like that Genesis level of fame, but it did have its own cult following, and the Dreamcast had some really good games for it, mm -hmm. but. Like you said, not a lot of people had it. So I think those who missed out on the Dreamcast might be open to getting the Mini. And plus, it's you're really going to depend on if they do it and to what they put on it. Oh, but yeah. I, I think a Dreamcast Mini would do very well. I would get one. Oh, same. I, even, I had an original Dreamcast. See, I never had one. I only played it a couple of times. Um uh, just the you know the demo kiosks at uh, at Toys R Us. I never had one, but if this thing came out, you know seventy five, eighty, uh, ninety bucks, I'd drop it easily for a uh, Dreamcast because I love the Sega Genesis Mini. I mean that was a really that was a well done purchase that I made for the Sega Genesis Mini. Definitely. I, I think a Dreamcast Mini would do extremely well. Oh, yeah. That's a beloved I, I, console. Yeah, and SG-1000 might be good for like the, the diehard Sega fans, but if yeah. you want the, the masses to go out and buy something, you got to go with the Dreamcast, and I don't think it's even close. Yeah, but that's one of those things, the SG-1000, they should put out like a... You remember, he, he, did you ever get any of those? Um, it would it just looked like an Atari controller, but it had like you know twenty game Atari games on it. It was just plug and play on the TV. It should just mm -hmm. do that, <laughs> you know, with the original SG one thousand controller and just you know put a you know a little SD card in there that has you know twenty or thirty original Sega games on it and sell that for twenty thirty bucks. Yeah. No, I think that would be the route to go. Yeah, not ba made by at games. <laughs> no, no to at games. So our last story comes to us from NintendoLife.com. Amazon Prime Day 2020 best deals on Nintendo Switch games, consoles, micro SD cards, and more. It's that magical time of the year again. Amazon Prime Day. This annual event is usually held earlier in the year. Uh, it was held in July of 2019, 
As we've discovered through the course of the year, 2020 likes to do things a little bit differently. Hmm. Delays aside, Amazon Prime Day 2020 is reportedly shaping up to be the best one yet. And with Nintendo soon facing competition from the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S consoles, we're sure we'll see some great deals on Nintendo Switch console bundles, games, and accessories this Prime Day. Uh, below, you'll find all the best Prime Day 2020 Nintendo deals going to the UK and the US. Let's see what we've got here. They got them all mixed together here with... Uh, yeah, I see the UK. console bundles. Yeah, that's all UK, <clears throat> UK, US deals. Here we go. Let's see. All right, here we are. So we've got, uh, for games, just to mention a couple, we have Breath of the Wild, uh, the digital version for 40 bucks, Yoshi's Crafted World for 40 bucks, Splatoon 2 for 40 bucks. Uh, let's see, that's more UK. More UK. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go. All right, here we are in the US. All right, so um, Nintendo Switch accessories. We have the Nintendo Switch steering wheel for 18 bucks. Uh, gaming headset for 130. A really cool looking dockable case. That's in UK. That's eight pounds. Um, oh, that is cool. Yeah. And micro SD cards, we have a 512 gigabyte for 80 bucks, 256 for 40. A really cool looking Nintendo licensed one with a star and a mushroom on it, <laughs> which is in the UK. Uh, but no, some, some pretty cool stuff, I think. You know, if you're looking to, if you still haven't played Breath of the Wild, you know, now's your chance to play it for a discounted price. Uh, they got some cool accessories too, so definitely go on uh, Amazon Prime and check that out. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you have a Switch and you need to get a a um, an SD card to up your your storage, definitely hit up Prime Day because they have the uh, 128 gigabyte from SanDisk, and it's only 20 bucks. That's way cheaper than the uh, the Nintendo branded one. Yeah. And the games are so small for for the uh especially if you play a lot of indie games, you'll never fill that thing up. Well, and I I know you're rarely going to use that amount of space, but I like that they offer like the 512 gigabyte cards. Yeah. Cuz yeah, you're like, yeah, you're never going to use use all of it, but it's almost like that peace of mind thing, knowing that yeah. you'll never run out of space. That's a lot of space <laughs> for the, just the yeah. Switch. Half a terabyte. Yeah. Just think, like, a half a terabyte is on a tiny SD card. And I can still remember the days mm. of floppy disks. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Three megabyte floppy disks. <laughs> oh, if you were in megabyte form, you were, you were on cloud nine in the yeah. digital world. <laughs> Uh, I remember the, the entire storage for my uh, Hewlett Packard back in '94 was like, oh man, it, I don't think it only had like 124 meg or something, something really small that would just like you wouldn't even be able to fit like one song on it nowadays. Yeah, uh, the evolution of technology is really fascinating. Yeah, but let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. Yes. <laughs> In October of 1984, Namco releases Pac-Land and lays the foundations for horizontally scrolling platformers. Didn't you review this? Or what was the one I reviewed, you reviewed? I reviewed Pac-Man 2. Oh, uh, because it was a side-scroller too, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, I don't know the technical term, but Pac-Man moved himself and you had to guide him by manipulating the environment. One of, I think it's Tyler Watson that I have this dispute with, because I think he likes that game, and I do not. But no, this <laughs> this I've never played. I've never this played is, this either. Actually, hang on a second. Maybe I did. It, it does, because there's a screen cap of the arcade version. It looks kind of similar, just with less advanced graphics. No, I think I had this on Commodore 64. This is bringing up some weird buried memories. 
Yeah, let's see. Uh, I wonder if my mom and dad still have that Commodore 64 buried somewhere at their house. That would actually be really awesome. <laughs> if I could if they find did. that, that would be awesome. Oh, man. That'd be great. Let's see, October 18th of 1985, Nintendo releases Duck Hunt for the NES in North America. This game contains who I consider to be the original <laughs> troll, the Duck Hunt dog. The damn dog. But the <laughs> best thing about the Duck Hunt dog was when they included him as a character in one of the Smash Brothers games, because the reveal trailer for him oh, yeah. was awesome i remember we talked about that at length <laughs> yeah well no like i thought it was absolutely brilliant that they included that character because it's like you can if you grew up with the nes you knew how annoying that dog was mm -hmm. and that you finally got the chance to take out you know 30 plus years of frustration i thought was brilliant by nintendo dude and i can't believe that just a few years ago everybody was going crazy online when they when everybody found out that the uh, second controller port could control the duck. I'm like, how did nobody else know that? That was common knowledge when I was a kid. This was just one of those things that didn't survive through the times. Hmm. I don't Weird. know. On October 18th of 1987, one of my favorite Nintendo games was released. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! was released in North America. A lot of good games came out in the month of October. Mm -hmm. It's a good month. You, you can... You can go back and on our Google Doc, I still have the saved gaming histories that we've done throughout the month. October was a very, very good month for retro games. Yeah, it was. Very, very good. But no, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, that's one of those games that's synonymous with the original NES. Mm -hmm. You think of, you know, Mario, Zelda, I would throw in Metroid and Mega Man in there as well. But Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, definitely up there too. That was definitely one of those games that you go... Uh, for um, a sleepover, uh, you know, at someone's house, someone brought the the Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and that's what you you stayed up all night playing. Oh, for sure. On October third of nineteen eighty nine, Broaderbund releases Prince of Persia for the declining Apple II, having been in development since nineteen eighty five, but ports to other systems turned the game into a hit. Never played any of the Prince of Persia games. Yeah, you didn't. Mm -mm. Um, I played it a little bit back in the day here and there. Um, I don't think I've ever actually owned a Prince of Persia game to play. I know it was uh, it was pretty innovative the way they uh, did rotoscoping for the for the character and stuff. So, mm -hmm. I, I do remember that little um, trivia fact about that is it, it's almost revolutionary since when it comes to that aspect of gaming. Mm hmm. Uh, on October 28th of 1994, Killer Instinct is released in arcades. It's the first arcade machine with an internal hard disk. Love I Killer loved Instinct. Love Killer Instinct. Man, I can still remember going to the mall, Aladdin's Castle. You walk in the doors, and there's Killer Instinct right inside the door, and it's just surrounded by people playing, uh, playing against each other. Killer Instinct was just, oh, that game's so good. I never played the arcade version, but I played the Super Nintendo port uh, at length. And I, I know I've mentioned this story before, probably when I reviewed Killer Instinct, but years ago I had this VHS tape that was a behind-the-scenes look mm -hmm. at the first Donkey Kong Country game. As a post-credit scene, the host of the video walks into this room that was labeled Top Secret, mm -hmm. and there's a, a group of like six people gather around a TV, and when they see the guy, they like push him out of the room, and they push the camera guy out. But you very briefly see the Killer Instinct logo on the TV, and I was like, wait, what is, what is that? I wish and they sure would enough, do it's, a new... It's one of the, still one of the most underrated fighting games ever made. I know. I was, I was just saying, about to say that. Like, I don't know why they... I mean, it's, it's ripe for a re-release and uh, a remaster. Get on that, Nintendo. Let's well, do it. Rare, well, it was made by Rare, so... Oh, that's right, um, yeah. Yeah, so they made a new version for... I can't remember if it was the 360 or if it was the Xbox One, but I remember the reviews were not nearly as good mm. as the original one, so... Seems like that, that game would be made for tournament fighting, you know? Oh, my God, yes. Absolutely. freaking lootly 
On October 31st of 1998, Naughty Dog releases Crash Bandicoot Warped for the PlayStation. That would be the third installment of the Crash Bandicoot trilogy and one of the last games that, uh, or one of the last Crash games that Naughty Dog made. Somebody, I think Crash Team Racing was their last one. Somebody brought and up it, on a, a, a podcast this last week. Do you think they'll ever put Crash Bandicoot in um, Smash Brothers? I think he's the last big character that they have to do. Mm-hmm. If they do that, they've got to have some type of... Like, when they do the reveal trailer, they have to include Mario and Sonic in it oh, somehow. Yeah. Like Just to have <laughs> those three together would be... Like, the 90s kid in me would just fangirl out over the entire thing. But they should just start the I, trailer out where they have, uh, you know, Crash Bandicoot, like, sitting in his house with his feet up or something, and he hears somebody say it, like, on a bullhorn, calling him out, and he looks out the window, and it's uh, it's Mario and Sonic. Be like, so we heard you were talking smack. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I... I don't know how much more DLC uh, Smash Brothers is going to have. They just released two of the Minecraft characters, mm-hmm. which I think is actually a really good get for Nintendo. Yeah. But if they add Crash Bandicoot, that, there's no reason for them not to do it, in my opinion. If they can work out some type of deal with... Um, I don't know what specific company owns the rights to Crash, but... If they could get him, that would be... I think Crash is Naughty Dog. And Naughty Dog stopped making Crash Bandicoot games years ago. Yeah, but he might ago. still be... The IP might still be... Or is it owned by Sony? Or is it owned by... Or was Naughty Dog just the the developer? That's actually I something. Think, I think Naughty Dog might have just been the developer. But either way, if they can get Crash Bandicoot for Smash Brothers that would make some major noise. Like People geeked out when they announced Banjo-Kazooie, but I think it would be bigger for Crash Bandicoot. Oh, absolutely. Uh, On October 11th of 1999, Rare Rare released a lot of stuff in October. Uh, Releases Mm -hmm. Jet Force Gemini, a third-person shooter inspired by 80s arcade games for the Nintendo 64. I like Jet Force Gemini. Yeah, it was a fun game, and I feel like it's one of those that is not really talked about when it comes to rare games. Cause we've mentioned all the Epic titles that they released for Nintendo consoles in the nineties, but jet force Gemini doesn't really get talked about. Yeah. This might be a fun game to, to review. Oh yeah. Within the next few weeks. I haven't played jet force Gemini in a long time, probably since like 99 or 2000. Same here. It's probably it's been at least since 99 since I played it. And finally on October 25th of 2000, Spyro Year of the Dragon is released by Insomniac Games for the PlayStation. It was the third installment in the Spyro series and the last Spyro game developed by Insomniac. I know a ton of people loved Spyro growing up. Mm-hmm. I have never played a Spyro game in my life. I haven't either. You know, you remember we had uh, Steffi Lou Who on the show, and she did the the Spyro re-release. It was like, what, a mm-hmm. year or two ago? And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I never played any of the Spyro games. That was completely out of my wheelhouse, those games. Do you find it difficult sometimes to remember what time frame we reviewed certain games? Yeah. <laughs> and there would be stuff like, oh, we just reviewed that like a month or two ago, and it'd be like, 2017 i'm like (laughs) what (laughs) yeah it's the same thing happened to me the other day i was like because i was thinking of stuff to review like in november and december and i was like wait i've already reviewed that i want to say i did it earlier this year or it might have been end of 2019 i look and it was like one of the first 30 episodes we did like well i was way off same here i a couple of weeks ago i played bill and ted on uh streaming and I was like, man, I need to review this. And then I looked back, and it was like like one of the first 15 shows we did. And I was like, I have no memory of reviewing this game at all. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. 
It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All the days just blend together. Yeah. At this, and the fact that it's 2020 and everything that's been going on makes it even worse. My but... dad told me the truth when I was a kid that once you get up in like past 35, it's like, it just goes by quick, man. <laughs> well, I even remember noticing my senior year of high school, I started to notice things were moving at a faster pace. Like my senior year of high school went by really quickly. College was a blur mm-hmm. just because it happened so fast. And it's just nuts. Like it's crazy to think we've been doing this show now for over four years. And it almost seems like maybe a year ago that we started doing it. Yeah, I know. Times. Wait till you're in your 40s. I'm 43. I forget how old I am all the time. I'm like, wait, am I 40, 41? Wait, no, I'm 43. Ugh. (laughs) All the time. I'll be uh, at the halfway point to, uh, you know, I won't say halfway to 40, but I'll be 35 next year. So I'll be there. Wait Half till a you, decade away from 40. Wait till you hit 35. You're going to have your 35th birthday, and then you're going to wake up and you're going to be 40. You're going to be like, what the hell happened to 36 through 39? What essentially I'm going to do is I'm going to walk outside and just reenact a Charlton Heston's ending in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Damn yous! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we go into the uh, the review for tonight, Derek has some shout-outs. As always, we like to shout-out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out Armez Jackson, Axeblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. The Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, and Tyler Watson. Thank you guys so much for keeping us at the $50 level and keeping the lights on here in the Nerd Cave Retro Studios. And because we are still at the $50 level, we will continue to do those really fun commentary tracks. As we mentioned, we're going to be doing essentially a twofer for this month uh, that we'll be recording in the next couple of weeks. And then we'll be doing Mask of the Phantasm in November. And if you want to contribute and be a part of our awesome Patreon community, Head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And tonight we're going to be talking about... Oh my god, the music for this game is so good. <laughs> you want to just keep you just want to keep that rolling the yeah, rest of the show. Just, I will be okay with I'll it. I'll just put on the YouTube channel with that whole soundtrack and we'll just play that the rest of the night. <laughs> All right, good night everyone. Good night everybody. Um <laughs> Castlevania Rondo of Blood is a platforming adventure video game developed by Konami for the PC Engine. Uh the Super CD-ROM system uh directed by Toru Hagihara. Part of the Castlevania series, protagonist Richter Belmont goes to save his lover Annette, who was abducted by Dracula. It was the first release um, exclusively in Japan on October 29, 1993. A direct sequel, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, was released worldwide in 1997. The game was remade for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System as Castlevania Dracula X in 1995 and the PlayStation Portable as Castlevania The Dracula X Chronicles in 2007. None of that's confusing at all. 
Uh, in 2008... Well, still, still not on the Final <laughs> Fantasy level. Yeah. In 2008, the original game was released for the Wii's Virtual Console service in Japan and for the North America and PAL regions in 2010. In 2018, the game was included along with Symphony of the Night within the Castlevania Requiem collection for the PlayStation 4. The title is also playable on the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, which is where I played it. Um, and when you have the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, you have choices of um, the TurboGrafx and the PC Engine. And this is where I played it, was the PC Engine. Um, and of course it was all in Japanese, so <laughs> it was kind of hard to, uh, you know, just kind of trying to guess the, you know, what was going on in the, uh, opening cut scene because I never played this for the Super Nintendo. I think I might have a ROM of this somewhere on my computer and just never played it. Um, I need to go back and play this. I might actually stream it for the Super Nintendo one of these days, um, the Dracula X, because I never played it. I did play... The only one I played on the Super Nintendo was uh, Super Castlevania 4, which uh, you reviewed for the show, which is an excellent video game. Um, yes. And I found Rondo of Blood to be equally enjoyable, but in my opinion, it is way harder than Super Castlevania 4. Uh, and I don't know why. It just seems like... Maybe it's it's easier on the Super Nintendo because it was notorious back in the day that uh, Japanese games were way, they were dumbed down for for America um, because they were always, games were always harder in Japan. So I, I'm not sure if maybe uh, you know uh, and Mixmaster says it, it's damn hard. Dracula X is damn hard. Like maybe it's the same. I'm not sure, but man, I had a lot of trouble trying to get through this game. I mean, just not only are just the regular enemies, uh, you got some regular enemies in the game that are, are, I wouldn't say they have weird patterns, you know, when you're going through the game, sometimes you're going through and just these, you know, like a huge, uh, bolt mechanical half dead bull will come crashing through the wall and just chase you through the whole castle you know, that type of stuff. And then you get to the bosses and the bosses are even the level one boss is freaking hard, man. Like if any other game, it would be a final boss of the game, but I'm going through this thing and, uh, you know, I'm having a, a ball playing it, but man, it was freaking hard. I think I only got to like level four and I don't even know how many levels are in the game. Uh, I know I got through, the third level, and then I just I just stopped. I was like, man, I can't go anymore. It's so damn hard. So is it hard, like, in the frustrating... Because like, we talked about this. There are two different categories of hard. There's hard where it, it motivates you to keep going, but then there's the level of hard that it's so frustrating that you just walk away from the game. It's kind of... It, it's, it, it's about halfway, but if there's another little category... In between those two, that's where this sits. <laughs> where it's okay. like, it, it when you're you play it for a while, and you're just like, oh, and you keep dying, and you're you get to the boss, and you die, and you're like, oh, I know I can get through this, but then you just like you'll die on some random, you know, stupid little trash mob, and you're just like, I'm done, and you slam the you know slam the 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 console off. It's it's that kind of frustrating. So I'm reading here that um, Richter Belmont's distant relative, Maria Renard, I ho hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, also becomes a playable character. That kind of adds an interesting little dynamic yeah, to it. Yeah, I didn't even, like. I haven't even gotten that far yet. Um, let, let me tell you about the plot, you, tell you guys about the plot. Uh, taking place in 1792, Rondo of Blood is set in the fictional universe of the Castlevania series. Uh, the story centers around the eternal conflict between the vampire hunters of the Belmont clan and the immortal vampire Dracula, who has once again been resurrected. Uh, the protagonist is a 19-year-old Richter Belmont, uh, uh, Simon Belmont's direct descendant. He comes to the castle after his beloved Annette is kidnapped by Dracula's servant, Shaft. <laughs> You're just talking about Shaft. as <laughs> bait for a You're damn right. <laughs> You're damn right. Um, Richter makes his way 
through Dracula's castle, defeating his minions, including the Spirit of Death, a Headless Knight, and a Minotaur, all of whom attempt to stop Richter along the way. Richter can free various women, kidnapped by Dracula's servants, to feed him, including his distant relative, Maria Renard, an orphaned 12-year-old who assists in joining him. Uh, Tara, a nun who mistakes him for a manifestation of God. Iris, uh, the daughter of the village doctor. And finally, Annette, after vanquishing Shaft, or Annette, who has been turned into a vampire if he fails to rescue her in time, though this is only in the PSP version, not the original release, uh, Richter confronts Dracula and defeats him before exposing him to sunlight, causing him to vanish. Uh, Dracula's castle then collapses into the sea as Richter escapes on horseback. So it's your basic, you know, Castlevania structure. I mean, you know, it's not much different from the other Castlevania games. You got to go through the castle, got to find Dracula, got to beat his ass, and then you win. And then you're on to the next game where you're another descendant of Simon Belmont. Um, <laughs> you don't need, really need to change up the story much when it's a Castlevania game because that's what you go for. Big monsters, uh, you know, whips and, and secondary weapons, which... One of the things that disappointed me about this game is I've been playing a lot of the original Castlevania. Um, and yes, Rampage, I was just about to get to that. He said the holy water doesn't seem to be very effective uh, in this one. Could be wrong, but the cross is my go-to. Same here. Uh, the holy water is actually way overpowered in the original um, Castlevania for the NES, which you pretty much use that to just, you know win the game it's like the win button is the uh uh the holy water but in this game it is severely underpowered and i pretty much just try to save the you, you know the boomerang cross throughout the entire game as i went through because it's pretty much the most powerful secondary weapon and uh so it's like saving the scrolls in ninja turtles exactly once you get the cross you try to save it at all costs and uh, it's really cool because you go through, like, second level of the game is uh, the first part of the castle, like, level one of the original Castlevania NES game. Like, you go through, and it, it uh, it's pretty much the same setup as the original castle. Some of the same enemies uh, you go through, and you go through the very final, where the original boss would be, um, the bat that you fight at the end of level one. But then you go through a door outside and that's where you fight the the werewolf which uh, took me a couple tries because he's got a pretty wacky um you know pattern which is some I, I just wish this game would be a little more i guess nowadays you would have games like super meat boy or um you know like uh what are they called the um What's that genre of game? Uh, roguelike, where you die and then you instantly restart, like right back at the beginning there and go through it again. Yeah. Because I hate dying and then having to go back to like the beginning of a level or whatever. It's just kind of, damn it, I got to go through all this again. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. I, I can't stand it either. But uh, but it's pretty fun. The graphics are fantastic for this game. I was noticing that whenever um, I was looking at the Wikipedia. It looks really freaking good. Yeah, this is one of the best-looking games that I played so far on the, uh, the um, TurboGrafx Mini. Uh, and the music, like you heard some of the music that was like, you know, uh, an updated version of the original Castlevania theme. Man, I would love to. I I just need to find a playlist or just download a playlist <coughs> of this um, soundtrack because it kicks ass. It really does, and that was one of the things that I loved about this game because the the soundtrack totally goes along with the aesthetic of the game. Um, you know, and the controls are. Pretty good. I mean, it feels still feels a little stiff, like the original Castlevania games, not quite as fluid as uh, Super Castlevania Four does. Um, but you know, playing the original Castlevania and then playing Rondo of Blood, there really wasn't much difference between 
going back and forth between those two because, you know, like I said, he's pretty stiff in this game. But it, it's not like game-breaking or anything. It's just, just the way those games are, you know? It sounds like, and I'm going to sound like a broken record when I say this because I've said this at nauseum, but what it sounds like to me, and I, I haven't had the chance to play this game yet, but from what you're explaining, it sounds like they've taken the Castlevania formula and just added little subtle layers to it yeah. to make it not necessarily a brand new game, but not the exact same thing, but still keep like the core elements yeah. of what makes Castlevania good. Yeah, it just makes it a little different each time, and uh, but also <clears throat> takes what you, you know, places that you remember from earlier games and gives them a, a new coat of paint. So you're like, oh, I remember this place, you know, and it's cool to go through those places again, especially knowing that, okay, in this game, it's 100 years later, and here's what the castle looks like now, you know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and I think it was uh, Rampage said it in the chat room that um, there are different paths you can take through each le- uh, couple of levels where you can take different paths. And um, I noticed that because there were some times where um, I would be going through the level and get knocked down into a, a pit. And you would think in, in any other Castlevania game that would be instant death. But in this one, it drops you down to like a sub-level. And you got to go through a whole different path to get to where you were going anyway to get to the the boss level. It's really cool the way they I like did it. that a lot actually. Yeah, like you'll be going through the main hallway of you know say the big church or whatever. You get knocked down into a pit, and then you're in the sub subterranean underneath the church, and you got to go through this whole other stairwell to get back up where you were. And it's it's really cool because I mean it's. I I think this might be it's not exploratory like a, a Metroid game, but it does seem to be like uh you know each time you go through the game you could kind of find new areas that you hadn't been to before, which is a really cool concept for a, a Castlevania game. Well, it also adds replayability to yeah. it too because you can take the the normal route, but. When you find out about these sublevels, you can be like, "Oh well, I'll try this just to, you know, make make it a little bit different the next playthrough." Yeah, and, and you know they did that for Castlevania Three too, where you could, they had the the forking um, paths that you could take through the game, so that it's different every time you go through. And I really like that. I just wish that this game was a would have at least had some uh, like difficulty levels that you could set. I definitely would have turned down the difficulty a little bit. Um, maybe in some of the later versions they do. I'm not. I'm not really sure. Um, there's no, you know, there's a hundred different ways to get this game. <laughs> so I would love to see some of the newer versions of it to see if there's like a difficulty level or whatever. But um, it's a cool game, and I definitely want to go back and play the Dracula X for the Super Nintendo because I never played it. And, uh, you know, I love the Castlevania series. I have yet to play a Castlevania game I hate, even though 2 is probably my least favorite. I don't hate it. I just think it's there are some mechanics in that game that are really aggravating, like the day-night mechanic and all that kind of stuff. This kind of just could have done without that. But I do like the uh, the kind of RPG-ish um, stuff they tried to do with it. Um but I just I just love the Castlevania series. This is definitely I loved. Um, which one was the one for uh, Bloodlines for the Sega Genesis? That one was great. This one's great. And the games, if you never had the TurboGrafx 16, you know, back in the day, and you're curious about it, I would say definitely go pick one up because I, I've played some pretty good games on it so far. You know, I played the. Uh, Splatterhouse, I played R-Type. Um, there's a really cool puzzle game on there called Chu Man Fu. Uh, and of course, there's the PC Engine stuff on there. There was a lot of Japanese stuff. Of course, this is on there. You know, Castlevania. A um, bunch of other stuff. A lot of shooters on there. So if you're a shooter fan, definitely go pick up the TurboGrafx-16 Mini. And, you know, it's a little expensive. I think it might still be around 100 bucks, But... 
if you're you know if you got a little extra cash, I would definitely say it's worth uh, picking up one. Yeah, I'm excited to play it whenever you're done with the Turbo Graphics because I, I definitely want to check out this game and some others that are on it as well. And it, it's funny because I remember growing up hearing about the Castlevania series, but never played any of the games. And it's through doing this podcast that I actually played them. Mm-hmm. And they've been a lot of fun. So that, that's the beauty of doing the show is you get reintroduced to things that you missed out on you know, growing oh, yeah. up or even just stuff that you didn't even think you ever would play. Absolutely. Uh, this was included within the Castlevania Requiem compilation for PlayStation 4, uh, along with Symphony of the Night. Um, there are retranslated versions featured in the Dracula X Chronicles. Um, let's see, though, only the 2D sprite-based version of Rondo of, of Blood is included because they did do a... Um, let's see, there was a... It says uh, the Castlevania Dracula X Chronicles is a 2.5D remake of Rondo of Blood for the PlayStation Portable. Um, It includes the original PC Engine game uh, and a port of its sequel, Symphony of the Night. Um, But I don't know anybody that has a PlayStation Portable at this point. Um, So they did put it... Is it still around? I don't think so. But I'm I'm gonna actually get this. Uh, I'm gonna look for that this weekend because um, PlayStation Four games are probably gonna get pretty cheap here pretty soon, and uh, this is definitely one I want to add to the collection, the Castlevania Requiem compilation, because I would love to play this um, with uh, retranslated. And um, it's let's see the reception. Uh, recept- reception of it was positive. Uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly. Stated uh, it can easily be the best CD title uh, yet and argued that the only negative aspect is that it would not be released in the USA. Uh, They later awarded the game Best Japanese Action Game of 1994. Um, GamePro commented, Declaring Dracula X to be the greatest Castlevania of all time would be a slap at Castlevania 4 for the SNES, but earmarking X as one of the 10 best side-scrollers of all time is a no-brainer. IGN awarded the Wii port it's editor's choice and described it as enjoyable and worth the wait. Um, and Nintendo life praised the level design soundtrack graphics and level of difficulty. Um, it looks like it got great reviews across the board, which I can see that because you know, it's got great, great music, great graphics. It's a little hard, but nothing that, you know, just sitting and playing with it, you know, playing it over and over, you know, you get, you get, you know, more you play something, the better you're going to get. I only played this for a couple of days. I'm sure if this was something I've been playing, you know, for years, I'd probably be way better at it than I am now. But uh, but on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to give it a good solid 8. I can respect that. Especially as a Castlevania game. I was very impressed with it. I really like Castlevania and if you're a Castlevania fan, this is definitely one that needs to be in the collection wherever you want to play it. PlayStation 4, you know, if you still have a Wii or, you know, if you want to go grab the TurboGrafx-16, there's no shortage of places to find um, a port of this game. Absolutely. Now, like I said, I'm excited to play it whenever I get the TurboGrafx-16, but we are going to keep the Castlevania train rolling for this Sunday's live show because I will be reviewing the first Castlevania game for the Nintendo 64, simply titled Castlevania, or Castlevania 64, if you want to call it that. So, uh, again, didn't play it when I had an N64 growing up, so I'm excited to go back and play it. I remember that one not being that great because uh, it didn't translate that well to a 3D environment for the 64. Well, if it's a bad game, it'll be even more fun to review. <laughs> I just wish that Konami would get off their ass, man, and and do a new uh, Castlevania game. Can you imagine if they did a Castlevania game, uh, an open world Castlevania game, sort of like, uh, you know, like like Sony did with uh, God of War, or sort of like the you know the Devil May Cry series with that kind of combat? Like, just give us something, man. There's such uh people love the Castlevania series 
and especially even the the you know the the Netflix series like there is a a love out there for Castlevania and I think Konami is literally leaving money on the table by not coming out with a new a, a new generation version of Castlevania they should release one for next Halloween they should I don't see why not release it October 2021 Call it Castlevania, whatever you want. Make it like you just mentioned Mm -hmm. and just watch the money roll in. Or they could do it based on the Netflix series, that storyline. Ooh, that'd be great. And have it, you know, like a game based off the TV show version. I'd be down for that. That would actually be interesting. Like, that wouldn't be a dynamic or a route that I would expect them to take, but... I, I'd play it in a heartbeat. I mean, come on, I love that Netflix show. Come on, Konami. I, I, you're worse than Nintendo. I have money I want to give you, and you just won't give me what I want. <laughs> That's a bold statement that they're worse than Nintendo. <laughs> well, who was it that was it? Mixmaster? Was you told us last week? And they're making nothing but Plinko machines lately. Who was it that told me that? Hmm. I am the rampage said a, a game, game based on a series based on a game. Hey, yes, th- they did the street fighter street fighter, yeah. the game based off street fighter, the movie <laughs> based off of street fighter, the game street fighter, the movie, the yeah, game, the game based from a video game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Come on. No, come I, on. I don't disagree with you. I do not disagree with you at all. I think that would make some really good money. Mm-hmm. If they were to do a new Castlevania game. Absolutely. But uh, but that brings us to the end of the show. That was a fast one. Yeah, oh, no, man. it feels like we've only been talking for like 20 minutes. I know. But it's been a little over an hour, I think. But uh, anything else you want to throw out there before we leave this evening? No, just as always, check out the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Oh, I did want to bring this up. So I mentioned a month, maybe two months ago, that... Uh, I was submitting my podcast uh, to be oh, yeah. nominated for best podcast for in weekly's best of the coast in weekly's like a local newspaper we have here in town. And I got one of the uh, runner up positions. So it'll, it'll be officially announced by the time this uh, podcast is available for download. Uh, it'll already be announced. I found out today. So it's, it's really cool. And plus it's a, it was a vote in award. So like the, all the ballots were right in. So that's the fact awesome. that it was mentioned was was really cool. So thank you to everyone who voted. I got this for you. <laughs> Congratulations. Love the air horn. Um, let's the see. Uh, the only thing I got coming up, like um, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we're going to be doing the, uh, the Open Micers podcast right here on my Twitch channel. Um, go follow that, at Open Micers on Twitter. And also, don't forget, Friday night, at 8, 8 p.m. Central, right here on my Twitch channel, I'll be playing the uh, the RGB High Score Castlevania Tournament. And then 11 a.m. Sunday morning, Central Time, right here, we'll be doing next week's Nerd Cave Retro Show. If you, so if you, you're up Sunday morning early and you want to hang out with us, we'll be right here talking about retro games. Um, so, Derek, I think that's just about it. Anything else before we go? No, I don't believe so. Just thank you to everyone in the chat. It's so fun watching everyone interact in the chat every know, week. You, it's one of my favorite parts of the show. So thank you guys, lively. as always, for the support. Man, you guys were lively in there tonight. I love it when people hang out with us. Uh, yes. Go ahead and play our music here. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Don't forget to get those uh, thir- 15 to 30 second uh, MP3s to us uh, before the next spoken. week or so. Um, we're at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro, and individually at nerd uh, at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. We're at Facebook at facebook.com/nerdcaveretro, and we're on Patreon at patreon.com/nerdcaveretro, where you can throw us a couple bucks a month to keep the lights on, and if you keep us above the fifty dollar level, we will do commentary episodes every single month for you guys. If you can't do that, can't leave us a couple bucks. Leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. So, Derek, please tell them what it's all about. 
May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. I have spoken. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 